Hi, this is David Harewood, and you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Young Kara and Alex are recast. Chad Lowe joins season three. And we shine a spotlight on Maren Jones. This is Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And for this episode, we are joined by Andy Babact of The Flash Podcast to shine a character spotlight on Marin Jones. Welcome back to Supergirl Radio, Andy. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I, I'm here against my will, just for listeners to know, so if you can send me help, uh, because I... I have no idea what we're talking about tonight. No, I'm kidding. I'm happy to be back. I, I love talking about the, well, the stuff that we usually talk about when I'm on. You have been on all of our Martian character spotlights thus far. We had you on for Martian Manhunter. We had you on for McGann. So it seemed very fitting to have you back when we we're going to talk about Space Dad, Space Dad. So you're you're in all of the Martian spotlights. So thank you uh, for coming back for this one. They introduce more Martians in the next coming season. I guess that's like, like I've signed away my my soul now. I have to talk about all things Martians. Yeah, you're you're committed. You're committed to the Martians. Uh, so just just be prepared. If we get to go to Mars, uh, you're you're our guy that we bring back. Um, so we'll we'll get talking about uh, Moran Jones. But first, let's get to the news. According to EW.com, Isabella Vidovich has been tapped to play the new young Kara on Supergirl. The actress replaces Melina Weissman, who now currently stars on Netflix's A Series of Unfortunate Events, for a flashback-heavy episode that will reveal much more about the Danvers sisters. Andy, what do you think about them ca- uh, recasting uh, young Kara on the show? They're recasting everyone. At this point, Like I'm, like, I'm not expecting... I mean... At some point, I'm expecting Melissa to even get recast. Like everyone seems to be getting recast these days for for Supergirl because I mean, I mean, it's it's good that the actors that started out with these you know smaller roles are now on you know bigger projects that are that are doing so and getting to show their talent. But it's saying I mean, it's kind of funny because first we had Eric Durant, now we have this, and then we have another thing. It feels like they're recasting everyone. I wouldn't be surprised if they do at least one more recasting for uh, at some point during the season. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with his actors, but I, I'm glad that they're doing uh, a flashback episode. Uh, I always like when they do good flashbacks in the Arrowverse, and Supergirl tends to do, uh, do it really well. I mean, I'm still really impressed by the fact that last season, it was that um, the, bu- the bully that no, not the bully, but like the the criminal that was like friends with Alex and Cara in uh, in high school became like a villain later on. But it, it was just like they tied it all back together from a flashback from season one. So I'm kind of like, I kind of like those kind of things. I hope that they maybe do something similar. That it's something that ties into from the past to the present. Carly, what do you think about getting a new Cara on the show? I mean, I'm okay with it. Honestly, I feel like when it comes to 
actors playing younger versions of characters, especially in flashback. Like we got a few flashback scenes uh, in previous seasons, but it seemed pretty limited. And now it sounds like the episode is going to be really heavy. So I'm, I'm okay with it. I mean, it happens. People, actors can't, actors can't uh, come in for something. They're unavailable. They're working on something else. So I'm excited to see uh, what she brings to the role and and also excited for an episode that is about the Danvers sisters because, you know, I love I love more of that all the time. Yeah, we, we've been sort of missing that on, on the series. So mm-hmm. hopefully we get uh, to see a lot of the Danvers sisters in that episode. And since we have a new young Kara, we also have a new young Alex. I guess they wanted to start fresh um, since uh, Melina Weissman was not available. They, I guess, wanted to go ahead and just recast both of them. Uh, so according to Supergirl.tv, an older yet still teenage sister, uh, Alex Danvers, uh, will be played by actress Olivia Nikonen, maybe? I'm not sure. I hope I'm not butchering her name. It's either Nikonen and Nikonen. Uh, something along those lines. Uh, so let me know if I've pronounced that incorrectly. But uh, she is known for her roles on HBO's Boardwalk Empire and FX's The Americans. Uh, so we'll be getting a new Alex uh, along with a new Kara. But yeah, it's, it sort of seems like a lot of characters are being recast in season three. Uh, but as long as they are believable and uh, work for the show, I am okay with it as well. She actually kind of looks like a young Kyler Lee, too. I was just looking at pictures of her. What if they recast Brian one day? Can you deal with that? That's tough because Brian does have his own uh, personality, his own, uh, you know, joie de vivre. Uh, so I, it would be tough to recapture that, I think. We'll, we'll have to see. Maybe one day we're going to have to deal with a Brian recast, but, <laughs> but <laughs> not today, thank goodness. What if they do a Kelly flashback and they recast Kelly? I would object to that. I would object to that. You, you should honor her legacy on the show, I, I, I think. So I, I would be very upset by that. According to EW.com, Chad Lowe will be pulling double duty on Supergirl this season. Lowe will guest star in the third season's fourth episode and also direct a separate hour. The Emmy-winning actor who most recently starred on Pretty Little Liars will appear in the episode aptly titled The Faithful. He'll play Thomas Coville, a charismatic religious leader with surprising connection to Supergirl. His cult basically worships the Girl of Steel. He's a deeply spiritual man committed to preaching his faith and transforming his followers' lives. Andy, what do you think about this Chad Lowe news? I I like him. He um yeah he was on Pretty Little Liars. He played that uh, Arya's dad. Uh, I mean I don't know, it's it's become this kind of inside joke with me, Calamir from the Smart Pikes and Morgan, kind of like you know we all, we all, always trying to figure out ways to get Pretty Little Liar actors <laughs> um on these shows. Uh, and it's funny because Shane Mitchell is going to be doing like one of the Greg Blatty projects. Uh, I think it's like a lifetime documentary or something and now they got this i'm kind of like yes yes let them all invade uh, because it needs to happen just because but uh, no i am i think it's gonna be interesting to see what he does and uh, i i mean i don't know it, it's, it's always tricky when, they, when tv shows do uh, episodes that are really focused on the the religion uh, of the religious religious stuff so um I, I wonder what this whole surprising connection to supergirl is all about like if it's someone like you know oh she, he used to know Kara in uh, in midvale or whatever so um i don't know it will be interesting what they 
what they do. But he, uh, no, I mean, I've also seen him on uh, Brothers and Sisters. So, uh, so that's a that's a Greg, Greg Bandy connection already. So, it uh, it's good. No, wait, no, it was it wasn't him who was on Brothers and Sisters. That it was. Oh. <laughs> a different low. They, a yeah. different low. <laughs> yeah, they just look and talk so similarly that I they, they all kind of become like one face. Well, he was on Liars. I'm sure Morgan's disappointed that she can't be here to freak out about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's it's interesting. I'm looking at his IMDb, and he was also on Superman, which I believe is the Superman the animated series. Yes, that's that's how. Um, IMDb classifies it. He played, he voiced Cosmic Boy, uh, which is a Legion of Superheroes character. So he's he's not new to the uh, Kryptonian legacy in DC Comics. So he has an association with uh, the Superman slash Supergirl mythos. Oh, he was Captain Marvel in, I mean, Shazam in Jung Justice. Oh, was he? Yeah, for like four episodes. So Chad Lowe has played a Legionnaire in Shazam. Uh, so Carly, what do you think about this Chad Chad Lowe news? I I you know it's an interesting storyline for them to pull from the comics. I feel like it's an interesting one. You know, it doesn't surprise me that there's like a kind of cult that follows Supergirl around <laughs> and basically is like she's the best. I mean, isn't that what we do every week? <laughs> well, are you are you saying, uh, <laughs> saying Supergirl Radio is a cult? Uh, in Supergirl Radio, we indoctrinate our listeners. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're, we're a super fan club, but I wouldn't go as far to say we're a cult. But we're 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 really big fans. I'm interested, and I'm also interested to see how Carl reacts to it. I feel like she'll be like, "What the heck is going on? This is weird." <laughs> um, and Chad Lowe. I don't know. I don't know how I feel really about him as an actor. I watched Pretty Little Liars and I was just kind of like eh on him, but it's cool that he's that he's going to be acting in an episode and directing. Yeah, I was not aware that he was a director. So uh, I'll be interested to see his his episode and see what he brings to the table uh, behind the camera. And yeah, you mentioned that um, they've done storylines story like uh, this kind of thing in the comics where a group has formed a cult-like uh, s- scenario around either, you know, Superman or some sort of super figure. There's a group called the Cult of Connor uh, that happened. Um, the the Wikipedia, uh, there's a Superman Wikipedia that says the Cult of Connor was a, r- a secretive religious cult that formed on Earth following the death of Connor Kent at the hands of Superman Prime. Following his death, many people around the world fe- felt grief over the heroic death of Superboy, spoiler, spoiler alert, <laughs> and believed that their purpose was to prepare the world for the return of the hero. This was not their sole belief, as their fixation on resurrection meant that anyone dead was capable of be- being brought back to life. It borrowed heavily from a Kryptonian theology was- and was considered a resurrection cult. Um, so it was done uh, with Connor Kent in the comics, it was also done in uh, the comics with Superman with a group called The Fellowship. Uh, the internet told me that the Fellowship members believe they are given powers by worshipping Superman, uh, but their powers were really given to them by Darkseid. Uh, so that's, that's a problem. 
you need to know where these uh, powers are coming from. Uh, Darkseid <laughs> is not a guy you want to be associated with. Um, so there are a couple of stories in the comics where this has been a thing where, um, and of course, like even in the DCEU, you have uh, people in, for example, Batman v Superman, who were worshiping Superman in you know a, a theological way, treating him like a god. So uh, these stories are not uh, new to the uh, idea of Superman and Supergirl. Um, I'm a little uncomfortable with it just because I don't know if the show will handle it really well, but I'll, I'll have to reserve my judgment and see what they do with it. But I think you're right, Carly. I think um, if Kara learns of this, I think it will make her uncomfortable. And I, I don't think she will uh, want to be worshipped because, you know, she's not that kind of uh, Kryptonian slash superhero uh, slash sort of human being. Uh, she's not really one of us, but uh, she lives like one of us. So I think she would, uh, she's, she's a, a fairly humble uh, lady. So I don't think she would want to be worshipped. So it'll be interesting nonetheless. And also, speak, you know, here's, a, here's another fun Pretty Little Liar slash Connor Ken connection. Um, Spencer's dad, Nolan North, played Connor Ken on Young Justice. Oh, we're talking about Connor Kent a lot on this episode of Supergirl Radio. That obviously means that he's coming to Supergirl in season three. That's our, like, that's our, you heard it first here on Supergirl Radio exclusive. That is not what we said. That is definitely <laughs> not, definitely not what we said. Uh, but they would be cool if Connor Kent showed up. Nolan North will, you know, who's like 40 years old, he will be reprising the role of Connor Kent. So he will be like <laughs> just riding on a, a black t-shirt with, with the ass and then, uh. Yeah. Well, I would be into that if Connor Kent showed up, but uh, we have no news of that at this time. But yeah, so lots of uh, storylines to talk about in terms of the uh, the worshiping of a super character. Um, but we'll have to see how they handle this and uh, and how Kara reacts to this situation. So be looking out for uh, Chad Lowe's episode, which will be the fourth episode of the season. All right, so let's get to the heart of this episode, which is our first character spotlight uh, that we're going to be doing for characters coming on to Supergirl in Season 3. Uh, these are always a lot of fun, and I always feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I always feel like I learn a lot <laughs> about characters that I didn't really have any familiarity with before. Uh, so this time around, we're going to be talking about John Jones' father, who is going to be making an appearance in season three. And since I have never actually heard the name pronounced, I'm going to go with Marin Jones. Uh, so we'll have to see how they pronounce it on the show. Uh, but I, I think that's what we're going to go with in terms of how we talk about it on this Spotlight episode. So uh, since Marin Jones will be making an appearance in the third season of Supergirl, uh, we're going to learn about his character through what we know about him in the comics and uh, how he is going to be uh, showing up on the CW Supergirl. So uh, let's start with the comics. So uh, in doing some research, trying to dig into him, I couldn't actually figure out who created the character. None of the Wikipedia entries uh, mentioned it. Uh, couldn't find it on the interwebs. Uh, so I'm not really sure who created the character. Oh, his first appearance. His first appearance is uh, listed in two different issues. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I got two different sources. Uh, one said that his first appearance was in Detective Comics Volume 1, uh, number 236, which was from October 1956 which was a long time ago. 
I mean, for uh, this character to show up, I, that was really surprising to me that he is uh, a character from the 1950s, much like Supergirl. And he's actually older than Supergirl uh, by a few years. Um, so he shows up in a story titled The Great Earth Mars Mystery. And here's the synopsis, uh, because I'll, I'll read the synopsis because I couldn't get a hold of the actual comic because it's very expensive. Because uh, <laughs> it's very old and uh, probably a collector's item. Uh, but here's the synopsis of The Great Earth Mars Mystery. Quote, after failing to capture a criminal who disappears underwater, John Jones returns home to work on contacting Mars. He finally achieves communication by briefly contacting his parents. They tell him about some criminals on Mars using similar tactics of escape. John solves both crimes by deducing the crooks are attaching themselves to the underside of boats in the harbor. As Detective Jones, John proves his theory correct and captures the Earth criminal, unquote. So that's the first source that I found as to his first appearance in the comics. Uh, the other one was Martian Manhunter Volume 2, number 33, uh, which is from August 2001. So there's a definite time difference there from <laughs> when the uh, one source has him and uh, then the second one. Um, so that's, that's definitely a huge gap of time there. Uh, Marin was born and raised on Mars. Um, Andy, do you want to take a stab on how you actually say Mars in the Martian language? But I like, uh, mm-hmm. Never mind. It's a tough one. I, I actually don't know how you pronounce it. Malisandra. We can go with that. Um, some of these Martian names are pretty tough to say. It looks like Malakaandra, maybe? I don't know, but we'll just call it Mars. That's that's an easier way to pronounce it. It looks like Malakandra, maybe? Oh, I like that. That's my kind <laughs> if of you, If you, well, with John Jones, it's like you kind of have to ignore some letters i i think you get you gave it the best shot out of the three of us that's my canon i will go with malacandra <laughs> we'll go with that uh so that's how you say mars in the martian language uh moren has some relatives that have equally uh unpronounceable names uh so uh moren's wife's name is shashin uh, his son, of course, is Jean Jones, that we know as the Martian Manhunter. Uh, Jean has a brother, Malefic, I think is how we pronounce that. Um, Malefic is a, a divisive character in the uh, the Mars community, I guess, because he he goes bad. He's uh, he's not quite the the good son that Jean is. And according to the interwebs, uh, Malefic actually ends up murdering Marin. So he murders his father. So uh, couldn't actually find a source for it. Couldn't find an issue. And when that happened, uh, but that is what the internet told me. So we'll go with that until proven otherwise. Um, Moran also has a daughter-in-law, Mariah, uh, a granddaughter named Kim, uh, an ancestor named Jari Jones, I believe is how to say that. In terms of what Moran does as an occupation, what he's known for, um, in the John Ostrander run, he is a council member on Mars. He is a scholar. He, uh, specializes in philosophy and mathematics, so he's very, very smart, um, the DC Wiki uh, says that in the pre-crisis continuity, Moran was known as a great warrior and manhunter. And uh, fun fact, he's also listed as a singer. 
but I was also not able to find a source for this. So I don't know if the internet is just making this up, kind of pulling this out of a hat somewhere. <laughs> so I don't know when he is singing in the comics. They're doing just to mess with you specifically. Well, I don't think there's a lot known about this character. So uh, I, I really wanted to hammer down some of these facts, but this is, this is a fact that I could not verify. So uh, a lot of these websites say he is a singer and I could not find any instances of when he is singing. Uh, so if anybody knows about that information about <laughs> where they're singing on Mars, let me know because I'd be very interested in that. Um, Moran also has the abilities of a Martian that we're all familiar with that uh, Martian Manhunter has, the, uh, the Martian physiology, the Martian vision that has all of those uh, crazy vision powers, the infrared, the x-ray, the uh, telescopic and microscopic vision, the telepathy, the telekinesis, um, the shape-shifting abilities, the invulnerability, regeneration, superhuman speed, endurance, and strength. And also the weaknesses of a Martian, which is the vulnerability to fire and the pyrophobia. So uh, much, much like Martian Manhunter in the uh, abilities and weaknesses. Um, so for this purpose of the character spotlight, uh, we took a look at some of the uh, more accessible stories that Marin is in. Uh, so I would definitely recommend uh, Martian Manhunter number 33, number 34, and number 36. You could also read number 35 just for good measure. That has more Malefic in that. Uh, so if you want to read more about Jean's brother, you can definitely read that. And number 36 I listed uh, as a recommended reading because it includes Cameron Chase and the DEO. Uh, which I think Supergirl fans and Supergirl radio listeners uh, would enjoy reading as well. So, Andy, did you get a chance to read Martian Manhunter number 33 and 34? I did. I got to read all uh, all three of them. And I, you know, I've never really read any Martian Manhunter comic series. And I am kind of am kicking myself in the back for, for not doing so because, wow, Martian Manhunter can really work really, really well as a, the comic series and with, th with this particular story it was like i mean it was <laughs> it was a lot to take in and just free issues yeah a lot of martian history a lot of his his family in these issues uh so what what was your take on uh the way that the the martian uh community that martian people were portrayed what did, what did you think about moran specifically because they they talk about him in in the comics and his his position uh among their people so what did you think about him they didn't give us a lot of him to be honest uh, not enough i think to for me to be able to really grasp the idea of who he is but of course he you know he seems very important i mean his you know the John's whole family seems very important to him, and uh, I was more interested in the Martian culture that they portrayed. That it was that it wasn't just one thing. That we had someone as rogue as Malefic, and um, I'm not even going to try and say that the dad's name. I'm just going to say uh, John's dad because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I'm just going to like when I go back and listen to it, I'm like I, I say it so wrong. I just want to go back and tell Rebecca I just edit that part out and this part and this part. So I'm just going to say uh, Daddy Jones instead. But um, yeah, no, I mean. Obviously, I think they're probably gonna flesh him out a lot more in uh, on on the show. So, uh, and if you the comic, it was in this particular comic series. If I felt it was it was brief, but it's definitely interesting to see kind of like the kind of family that John had before he lost them. Yeah, it seemed like in these stories that uh, John's family uh, was uh, a little 
it, it seemed like they, not, not that they were more important than other people, but I guess because his father was a council member in their culture, that they were, they were an important family. Um, and since he was a very smart, he is a scholar, he, is, he talks about philosophy and mathematics, um, so they are important people in the comics. And uh, I thought it was really interesting that they talked about how uh, Moran, uh, Jean's father, is the rock bed of the family. But even though he's the he's the rock bed, that he's the the strong person in the family, he would also defer to his wife's wisdom. So Shashin is very uh, wise, and um, he does consider her uh, to be an equal uh, in their family. And I, I thought it was interesting that they. Um, they have a scene where he's teaching a class, like he teaches a class on algebra, the, on algebra of ethics, discussing the protocols of telepathy and the ethic, ethics involved. So I thought that was really fascinating because a lot of times, um, you know, Carly, you'll probably remember that we, we talk on Supergirl Radio about is it okay for Martian Manhunter to use his powers on certain people or in certain situations? And they talk about that in uh, the uh, these Martian Manhunter comics about if it's okay to use it in search, uh, certain situations. And Marin actually makes the case that the telepathy protocols allow the privacy in their thoughts to be respected. So he has um, some some lines that they won't uh, won't cross. And he's very open minded to other people's ideas. He um, takes ideas and and listens to other people's voices, uh, especially his son Malefic, who speaks up. So I thought that was really interesting. In the comic, you do get to see him teach a class. Um, did you uh, have any other thoughts about members of Jean's family? Yeah, I mean, I'm just it's just making it's just making me want to see Malafak even more on the on the show. I mean, uh, mostly because I mean, I I really liked him in Justice League Doom. Uh, this comic just kind of made me want to see the brother even more in live action, and I hope they and she do bring him in. And if anyone should play him, it should be Phil Morris because that way they've had every like big. Martian Manhunter actor from uh, from TV uh, in the, in the like in the last ten years and so on. I actually really like that. That would be really cool to see Martian Manhunter go up against Martian Manhunter. I would be into that. It's almost like seeing Melissa Benoist fight Laura Vandervoort. I, I, I think that needs to happen. Internet, you're welcome. That's a great idea, free idea to the show. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure someone has already did it like way before I even did so. So it's like I don't know, but I think it would be it would be kind of cool. And plus, it, it's always fun when they actually do bring on small actors into the, on these shows because I know sometimes I get the impression that some of the shows doesn't really want to honor it, but some like Supergirl does. So hopefully, Phil Morris gets to guest on Supergirl and. Um, as uh, as Malafag, I think that would be fun. Yeah, uh, Malafag is a very interesting character because he's a very complicated character. Uh, because in the Martian Manhunter 33 and 34, especially Martian Manhunter number 33, they talk about the family dynam- dynamics about, um, you know, we even sort of briefly mentioned uh, Shashin, uh, Jean's mother, how she is, um, she's not only a, a wise character, she is a precog, which um, means that she's a mystic, she's a visionary, and she sees these visions about what's going to happen in the future and sees Jean as this sort of heroic figure who is going to save their people. But then she also sees that Malefic, his brother, 
is maybe not going to fare so well. That maybe he might, you know, go to the dark side, if you will. Um, so fun fact for anybody who is interested in Martian names in, in these comics, uh, Jean's name translates to light to the light, and Malefic translates to darkness in the heart. Ouch. So <laughs> Malefic struggles a little bit with uh, the fact that he, from birth, is uh, doomed to be a bad guy. (laughs) Gave your child a dark name, and then you're like, I see him becoming a villain. You're like, no, you think? Thank you for the great confidence. Is she a precog, or did she just uh, force that into being? Uh, I'm not really sure. So that's that's part of the uh, complicated brother dynamic between Jean and Malefic. And there's a whole thing in this story that I think is really cool. Um, and I, I've only read a couple of the issues, but there's a whole dark side connection. Andy, did, did you have any thoughts about uh, the dark side situation that Jean sort of had to go in there and figure out what was going on with a dark side and apocalypse trying to uh wipe out their people yeah no, i mean it was just so funny because like i when i when i got told you know that the, that these comics were kind of really good to learn about john's then i i didn't expect it to go from being this like family like drama situation to this like psychological thriller i'm like oh wow that's a very quick shift of tone <laughs> and from you know like you know what is real what's not real and um i always think it's funny when we see the new gods and dark side and so on and now it's now we see that he actually has a connection with the uh, Martian Manhunter, which it doesn't surprise me because, like, if there was one thing that I took away from Small, it was that it, it just to kind of make me think about the character as a whole in the DC universe. That I think that because he's an alien, like, I, he's probably had like a lot of dynamics and relationships and uh, co- complicated situations with different alien species all over the galaxies. I think that was kind of cool that the that his comic presented. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on here with uh, Dark Side, and uh, there's some there's some anti life equation. Uh, stuff I believe in this one uh, that we've talked about anti-life equations before um, but like you're talking about there was some psycho psycho thriller uh, situations going on here where the the Martian people were sort of hoodwinked um, some people came in and uh, sort of acted like their friends and they were not and I felt really bad for the the Martians they got they got tricked the one thing to note about Marin in Martian Manhunter 34 is that uh, he he contacts uh, Jean through his mind and that Marin's soul has been separated from his body and he's sort of being experimented on. Um, so that I thought that was a really uh, cool way to show the Martian powers that even though something as crazy as your soul being separated from your body didn't really keep you from being able to communicate uh, with another uh, being. So uh, that is one of those things that the uh, Martians can do. Uh, So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, Were there any other things you wanted to uh, mention about uh, these Martian Manhunter uh, issues? Just that I kind of now also really want to see who they would cast as... uh... John's uh, mom. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm curious. Well, I, I know we'll get to the uh, the Supergirl version of this character, um, but uh, she seems to be a very important figure um, in this story, the Ostrander run, especially uh, the his father and his mother seem to be important figures in his life. Um, so we'll we'll have to see if they mention her at all. But uh, yeah, the the Martians have a pretty tough time in Martian Manhunter number thirty three and number thirty four. They uh, 
They have to survive by breaking their ethics, which is something that Moran talks about with the algebra of ethics. Um, so they actually have to, to break their standards and join their minds together to fight dark side's forces. So I, I think that's a really interesting part of the story is that they, they sort of set it up at the beginning that they have a standard, they have ethics that they abide by, but then they have to break them to survive. And, uh, Marin, I, I don't know what happens to him later on down the road um, in this run, but he gets he gets kidnapped by Darkseid and is experimented on, and his soul gets separated from his body. So it's really it's a rough go for him in uh, the Ostrander story. But um, I I definitely recommend it. It's got a lot of Darkseid, got a lot of apocalypse stuff. Talks about the anti life equation which I'm still really confused about because it's an actual equation. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. So if you're wondering what the um, the anti-life equation is, it's a long one. So good. I, I, I don't know that I could, I don't, I, I can't make sense of this math, but it's loneliness plus alienation plus fear plus despair plus uh, self-worth divided by <laughs> mockery divided by con- <laughs> divided by condemnation divided by misunderstanding times guilt times shame Uh-oh. times failure times judgment and or or it says something like judgment equals y y equals or no i'm getting myself confused y equals hope n equals folly love equals lives li- life equals death Self equals dark side. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> so the the anti-life equation has come up multiple times on Supercar Radio, uh, even though uh, dark side has never appeared on the show. We like to talk about it. Um, so I definitely recommend it. And uh, if you're interested in Cameron Chase and the DEO, uh, give Martian Manhunter number 36 a read as well. Because I thought that was pretty fun. I enjoyed... Um, uh, there's a there's a graphic novel uh, called Chase that I was that I would also highly recommend. We talked about her, her um, and that book in our DEO spotlight. So if you want to go back to season zero, we talked about that. Uh, so it was good to see Cameron Chase again, and she gets to deal with the guy who murdered her father. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And there's a director Bones, which is one of my favorite DC Comics characters, um, is in Martian uh, Manhunter number thirty six. Still wish Director Bones would show up on uh, Supergirl. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, So I'm just going to keep putting that out there. Um, The only other story that I would recommend that has Maren Jones in it is, uh, I think it's a one-shot. It's called Final Crisis Requiem. So I I picked this up, and um, there's a little bit of a mention of Maren in there. Uh, The interesting thing to note about this is that in this comic book issue the name is spelled my apostrophe r n n so i think normally it's spelled m y no i'm sorry it's too many apostrophes m y no m apostrophe y r n n but in this uh, final crisis requiem the uh the apostrophe comes after m y so it's it's a it's not a big difference very slight difference in where the apostrophe is placed in the name <coughs> But I thought that was interesting. It's not really consistent. I guess it's because the character doesn't show up very much. People don't really uh, 
uh, keep track of where that apostrophe goes. Um, but I noticed. I noticed. Um, but in that story, in Final Crisis Requiem, um, it sort of stays with the Ostrander run, where he's a council member and a scholar, and he's a, a philosopher and a mathematician. So uh, that did stay consistent, even if the uh, spelling of the name didn't. And it's a really, it's a beautiful book. Uh, as far as I understand it, when I read it, John Jones had died. That's a bad reality to have. It's uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty rough go. It's a rough read, but it's kind of cool to see all the Justice League members there at his funeral and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of the main two books I would recommend if you if you were able to pick up Detective Comics number two thirty six, go for it. Uh, it's more money than I can spare, but uh, I would definitely recommend Martian Manhunter number thirty three and thirty four. And Final Crisis Requiem, if you're interested in Marin Jones. Um, so, Carly, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, Supergirl version that we're going to get in Season 3. Space Dad's dad. <laughs> so, Marin Jones, the father of David Harewood's Martian Manhunter, will be played by actor Carl Lumbly in Season 3. He's described as being a pacifist religious leader on his home planet of Mars who will push his son in unexpected ways. According to David Harewood, John's dynamic with his father is not an easy one, and there's going to be some complications. He went on to say that John always thought he was the last Green Martian. It's going to be extraordinary to discover that not only is he not the last Green Martian, but the other is his dad. Carly, what are you most excited about in getting to meet Space Dad, Space Dad? Space Dad, Space Dad. Uh, I love Carl Lumley. I've loved him ever since Alias where he was also kind of a father figure on that show, too. I think he just likes to play father figures, which I'm not <laughs> complaining about. Uh, I'm also excited for more Martian Manhunter backstory stuff. I feel like we get a little bit of a tease the last couple seasons each time, and then I'm like, I want more, though. I want more Mars stuff. I don't, want, I don't, I don't know if I want sad Mars stuff. So... I'm sure it'll be a happy reunion, but also a reunion with mixed emotions, sounds like. Yeah, thinking about some of those Martian flashbacks, they are pretty rough. They are a lot. It's a lot of death. It's a lot of sadness. <laughs> I don't know why I was laughing. It was. It's not It's not funny. I'm sorry. I did not mean to laugh. I'm just thinking like, wow, Grey Bunny goes goes. I, like he doesn't hold back with Martians. They they really go for it. They go for the whole Nazi concentration camp uh, symbolism there. Uh, so yeah, we do get a lot of sad Martian stuff, a lot of uh, really um, torturous stuff for the character of Martian Manhunter that he has to kind of relive that in a way. Um, so maybe maybe this will be nice to see him reunite with his father and uh, see maybe if they can. Uh, figure out how to make it work um hopefully he'll maybe get to stick around i don't know um andy what what do you what do you think about this uh uh news that we're gonna get to meet uh how how did you refer to him as daddy jones uh what what do you think about that in season three oh i i I mean i've been feeling the same way as i felt when i found out at comic-con which was just funny it was just like i found out the day after the panel because i was working all day that day so like when someone told me i'm like you're trolling me they're not doing this and they're like yes they're bringing him on as his dad and i'm like i just freaked out and it was uh it was awesome because i love carl Lumbly. he i i mean i i said i never, I never watched alias but uh although it's now that carly mentioned i'm almost wondering like, wow now he's so maybe daddy jones and uh martin stein uh work together on uh on Elias. Do they have a relationship on the 
on Alias Carly? What about him in Alias? Victor Garber? Yeah. yeah. He was with Victor Garber in Alias. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what, what was their... I mean, did their oh. have a lot of things to do together? Um, yeah, because technically, uh, Carl Emley worked for the organization. He worked for the organization where... Did you guys watch Alias at all? I've seen like w- one episode. And that yeah, was like I think I've seen ago. like parts of an episode, yeah. The whole... So the first season is basically Jennifer Garner's character... She thinks she's working for the good guys, and then she realizes she's actually working for the bad guys, essentially, in terms of like the agent, the secret agency. So Victor Garber, who's her father, uh, says, "Oh, well, I'm actually a double agent, and I'm working for the good guys and the bad guys. So if you want to work with me, also as a double agent, like we can, you know, take down." take down the bad agency or whatever. So Carl Lumley's character is somebody who works for the bad guys, but he thinks he's doing good work. Like he's also been duped. And so eventually he figures it out and then kind of like comes and joins the other team too. So like they're all, they're all like fellow agents. So he's like out in the field with Jennifer Garner a lot, usually and like helping her out. And but he's also kind of like a surrogate dad to her. I may need to watch this show at some point. I keep hearing very good it's things good. about it. It's yeah, good, and then it kind of goes. It gets as. Per, oh, Morgan like, told me. Morgan told me. Comes. She told yeah. me that it was like they did a flash forward, and it was like it was the finale had like a, it was a good flash forward, but then when the new season started, it was like it, it turned out to be the worst season of all time. I think that's how she said it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, I mean, I will watch anything with with the Arbor in it. So. Um, to be continued, but uh, no, but I think it's gonna be awesome that Carl Lumley comes on the show. They, I love, I love how these. Uh, if there's one thing I really love about these, you know, the current these TV shows is that they do honor past actors who's played, you know, versions of uh, the Arrowverse characters, and you know, Carl Lumley, he's, you know, his voice is so distinct on Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, that it's, you know, that's why I mean, Martin Manhunter became one of my favorite characters when I was a kid. Um, so I, it's gonna be interesting what they do with the family stuff. I like Carly said, I, I do love uh, Martin Focus. Um, it was one of the things that I was really excited for in in season two, and then they kind of botched it by. I mean, we didn't. I mean, the things they did in Miss Martian was not really what I was expecting. I mean, I'm not like yucking it as a, a lot of people on the internet are doing, but it's kind of like that was it. Like they like I thought it was gonna be like more about giving John some. Some family, and whatnot. Uh, so, but so hopefully this time they don't screw it up, and um, and you know, I mean, it's gonna be fun to see what they do, and um, I hope that he's not too much of like. I hope that he, hopefully there's like complex sides to Danny Jones that he's not really. They, like, you can't really call him a bad guy, but you can't really call him a good guy either. So, um, so yeah, I hope we see a lot of him. But uh, I mean, I'm sure he's gonna be at least in a couple episodes. Uh, but it depends on. It remains to be seen if he's like really big a, pl- a big play in the central uh, story of the, st- of the season yeah it does sound like there's there's going to be some complications and uh so we'll have to see how the the father-son dynamic pans out uh now now knowing what i know about marin the the little that we know about marin in the comics um he you know in the comics he is more of this philosophical mathematician teacher not a singer 
haven't found that information. I don't know where that information came from, uh, but I don't know of him as a singer. Um, so we'll have to see if he see, if he sings on the show. Then I'll know. Uh, but in the show in, on Supergirl, he's listed as a pacifist religious leader. So this is a little bit of a departure from uh, what I know about him in the comics. So I'm very curious to uh, see how they incorporate. Uh, that for the show, you know, are they going to uh, give us more information about the Martian culture? Are we going to get to go back to Mars? That's sort of what I'm hoping, because I think even though some of the Martian stuff has been a little tough to watch sometimes because it's very sad it's very heartbreaking to see uh jean relive you know the deaths of his 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 wife and his kids it's graphic it's very hard sometimes but i think those are some of the better scenes and better moments especially for his character on the show um david harewood i think really shines through his his performances are always so good and always anytime it breaks my heart i'm like oh that's good acting you made me really feel for him right there. Uh, so that that stuff I'm really excited about, just getting to go back into possibly flashbacks or getting to maybe hear some story time and hopefully get to know more about Mars and his family. That I think that's what I'm really excited about. Anytime we get to see more Martian Manhunter, I think is a really good thing because David Harewood, I feel like, is this... Is this uh, tool on the show that they don't they don't utilize enough i think um they usually have him barking orders at the deo or something like that or um they have martian manhunter sort of incapacitated his powers or uh you know useless at some points because they have to depower him so supergirl can save the day um that's just kind of the the necessities i guess sometimes that the story has to call for but i i really love it when they give him a chance to shine and give him something to do so uh, i'm very excited about this although i will say that possibly hearing carl lumbly talk on the show might wig me out a little bit because i am so used to him being martian manhunter um in the the dc animated universe that it might wig me out to actually see him on the show and not be Martian Manhunter, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna have to get over that really quickly, um, because that that will it will be kind of tough to distinguish, because uh, I might just hear Martian Manhunter instead of Space Dad Space Dad, um, so I'll have to figure out that out really quickly. Um, but I think uh, does anybody else have any final thoughts about Marin Jones? I want to see who they cast as his wife if they ever bring her on. Yeah, I think uh, I would like to see more of his family. I would definitely like. I think the Malefic uh character i really hope he does show up on the show at some point because uh the 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 brother scenario thing i think is really important to martian manhunter and his story so uh, i would definitely like to see more of their story they may they may talk about him i don't know maybe we'll get some some backstory and some information about maybe where jean's brother is no that david really wants to um I mean, I, you know, I when I talked to him at Comic Con, um, I mean, not this year, not this year. I mean, I, I did, I did that, but I didn't ask him about it. But last year, I asked him about, I didn't ask him about Malafag, and he because, uh, I mean, first of all, I love how the fact that David is like, I mean, he's already become a quick Martian Manhunter expert. Like he like knows it knows like the mythology, you know, really quickly. So, uh, but like I, you know, I remember like asking him like, you know, will we ever see? Malfag and he kind of like, he was very cryptic about it but he like you know he you know he gave his like charming David Harewood smile and he was like you know we shall see uh, but like he definitely I mean no he definitely wants to see him because he like he was talking about that that the dynamic is you know is important in the mythos so I'm sure Malfag is like out there somewhere because like if they are going this far to just you know to have the dad still be alive I mean 
it would be it would be it would be kind of dumb if they were just like no but the 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 brother who is you know has this big history with his brother it is dead so um i'm sure he's out there somewhere but they're just kind of like waiting to see i will i almost wouldn't be surprised if he comes in in the second half of the season and he's kind of like maybe the the con- maybe ends up being a bigger conflict within the jones family and whatnot that maybe maybe um uh, john and his dad they actually do get on good sides at, at, towards the end of the first half of the season then malefic comes in and he kind of complicates things all, all over again. Well, Malefic's name does mean darkness in the heart. Maybe he could be. Maybe he could be the big bad of the season, uh, sort of like Queen Rhea coming in the second half. Um, and and we know that. Well, according to the internet, because the internet knows all. <laughs> um, according to the internet, Malefic kills Marin. So if Marin is still alive. Uh, there's a possibility uh, on the show if if he's still alive, then maybe Malefic is out there uh, somewhere still. Um, so uh, we'll we'll have to see. Imagine if they get Phil Morris to play him, and then basically Martian Manhunter kills Martian Manhunter in front of Martian Manhunter. <gasps> what if they were all in a scene together? I like that. That has to happen now. I feel like that has to happen. <laughs> it has. To, it, it, if it doesn't happen, I will quit. Uh, I will quit. I will quit. Uh, I will quit the season. No, actually, no, Riverdale still on. So okay, I will quit the DC shows if they don't do that. They already failed my request of Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher in a scene together. So I, I think they owe me this this Martian Manhunter trifecta. I think they owe me this. You failed me on the Lois and Clark. You you, you can do this Martian Manhunter trifecta. That will that will make up for it. Um. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our character spotlight on Marin Jones. Not a lot to talk about, but uh, I think we learned some things. There's some differences in his character interpretations uh, throughout the comics and even on the the Supergirl TV series. So it'll definitely be um, uh, exciting to see how they approach his character and what Carl Lumley brings to the role. Um, So Andy, thanks for coming back to Supergirl Radio and talking about another Martian with us and learning more about this character, about this Martian specifically. Um, How can our listeners find you and the Flash podcast and all of DC TV podcasts on the internet? Oh, wow. That's, (laughs) you don't make it, you make it sound so difficult. It's a lot of plugs. A lot of, a lot of plugs. Although, you know, if Morgan can do it every week, I know, I'm sure I can, I can do it too. Uh, no, but first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I always have, always have a blast running from Earth 1 to Earth 38 to visit you guys and have some Super Bowl talk. So thank you for having me. I, uh, listeners can find me on, uh, on, uh, on the internet, on uh, my public Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at, and we're back with links to all my stuff. Uh, I might have some fun things coming up that, um, so that you guys said uh, that people will want to check out. So make sure to, to follow me at Andrew everywhere. And uh, yeah, I host the Flash podcast and also now the Titans podcast. And so you can find it uh, at Titans podcast and at the Flash podcast all across social media and at the Flash and Titans with all the latest news and episodes and all those things. And you can subscribe to them both on iTunes and Stitcher. And um, what else do I do? I feel like I feel like I'm not as busy as I used to be. Uh, oh, I run the mobile. Port. <laughs> Whoops! I run. <laughs> That's a biggie. Uh, I run the mobile port uh, with uh, several people on the DC Podcast Network. So uh, if you if you're a Marvel fan, head head over to mobile.com and follow it on social media. And uh, yeah, I uh, do you want me to do all the DC T Podcast plugs now, or do you want me to save it till? Like in the right order. You know what? Maybe maybe we'll save it for our our usual place, and I'll have you uh, 
do the plugs since uh, Morgan's not with us and uh, y- you can you can handle that uh, job when we get there. But yeah, thanks for uh, sharing all of your locations. You do a lot of things. Um, so it's, it's easy to forget sometimes when you have so much that you've got to plug. Um, but that's awesome. That's awesome, all the things that you're involved in. Um, well, if you would like to contact us at Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We also have a playlist on Spotify, so definitely check that out. If you are into music about the show, music from the show, music about Supergirl and superheroes, we've got it all on the Spotify playlist. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which we were featured as a spotlight, uh, which is pretty cool. Humble brag. Hashtag humble brag. Uh, You can find that at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're part of the DC Podcast Network, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends Tomorrow, iZombie, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Titans TV shows, subscribe to the DC Podcast Mega Feed on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and be sure you follow DC Podcast on Twitter and like DC Podcast on Facebook. I don't know what Morgan's always complaining about. <laughs> It is, a, it, it, it is a lot of uh, saying DC TV podcasts. I'm sorry that I am only good at doing one thing, which is just creating podcasts. This will be my like. <laughs> this is this is going to be my legacy. I will be only, I will only be remembered by a certain amount of people on the internet as that dude with the DC TV stuff, aka the dude who has a a podcasting empire. On my tombstone, on my tombstone, I want to say, "Here lies a very exhausted nerd. He podcasted." A lot, just like Ala Buffy. Um, but uh, I don't, you know, what? I'm probably gonna have that decide right now in my will that you know my tune ha- has to say in one way or another. He podcasted dot a lot. <laughs> it should say subscribe to DC TV podcast. <laughs> That's what it should say. <laughs> even in my in, even in my death, I am still like self promoting myself. Uh, well, if you would like to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D E R B Y K I D. I'm dipping my toe back into Twitter. It might be a mistake. I don't know. Uh, but I'm 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 on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Derby Kid on Instagram. Uh, that's T H E D E R B Y K I D. I like to practice photography, so you can see some of the pictures that I take there. You can also watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com/slash/DuckMilkProd. That's D U C K M I L K P R O D. I'm working on a new DragonCon video, which. Is probably going to be pretty long. My Dragon Con videos tend to tend to run long because I shoot so much video. But uh, I saw some cool things uh, this year. Uh, I was not rolling. I always have one regret at Dragon Con when I was not recording. Last year was missing uh, a big Ewok fall off backward fall backwards off a stage. I was not rolling when I saw an Ewok fall. Uh, big regret in my life. Um, this year it was that I did not roll when a woman hit another woman over the head with an axe. Wish I'd gotten that on video. That sounds horrible. It was crazy awesome. It was uh, these two women. They're in this like, uh, they have these like melee fighting clubs. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Um, this was the first time I had ever heard of it. Um, these women put on armor and they go out and fight each other for fun. It seems crazy to me, but they seem to enjoy it. And um, this woman, uh, the, well, these two women were all in armor 
the woman had armor, like an armored helmet, like a medieval, medieval armored helmet. And one woman hit that lady over the head on top of her helmet with like a genuine axe, like an axe, like a weapon, like a real could kill you weapon. She hit her on top of the head. I cannot stress this enough. She hit the woman over the top of the head. With an axe. So what are you saying? It was this a toy? It was a real, a real weapon. I'm not really sure what you're saying. It was a real. It was not fake. She hit her on the head with an axe, and Rebecca Johnson was not rolling on video. Oh, it was a great disappointment in my weekend, but uh, at least I saw it. I did get to witness it. I just can't share it with everyone else, so you'll just have to take my word for it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. I am currently writing over at. Sci-Fi Wire and Nerdist had some pieces come out this week on Sci-Fi Wire about the It movie, Preacher in Midnight, Texas. Got some more pieces coming out uh, next week. I'm recapping Outlander. It's getting it's getting crazy now. <laughs> There's a lot of writing happening. <laughs> you can stay tuned to Twitter because I post everything there. That's good. That's good. I I I, I would like more Carly Lane writing in the world um although i i'm still debating on whether or not i should go see it i'm not as i'm not as good with the uh the scary movies in my old age as i used to be i think it's more creepy than scary scary should i see it in the day in the daytime is what i'm asking you should mm-hmm. not see, you should definitely not see it with a balloon okay don't see a clown only screening that sounds terrifying who would go to that oh i would to me that's like going to see a scream movie with Everyone in the audience dressed up as Ghostface with the the mask on. Nope. Uh, so anyway, um, but that's awesome. I'm glad you're getting all that writing done, Carly, and and you're getting your opinion out there. Um, so uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. Uh, but until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And remember the advice of Marin. Sometimes it is better to accept the wisdom of the past. And to learn from it. Yeah.